So how can you minimize your COVID-19 risk? Well, let's get some tips from Laura Haggerty-Moore, an infection prevention specialist at Marin Health. This is The Healing Podcast, brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Laura, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. So first off, what is your role as an infection preventionist? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here talking with you guys. I really love my job, honestly. It's really fun. It's actually part like disease detective, part scientist, part public health educator. We do different things really every day. One of my main focuses is preventing device-related infections. So that means any infections that may happen as a result of a patient having a indwelling device like a urinary catheter or a central venous catheter. My favorite part of the job, though, is when I get to round during the day, I get to really interact with every hospital department. We ask how we can help them. We teach them about all kinds of things, hand washing, how to prevent spread of diseases throughout the hospital. So instead of caring for like one or two patients, the whole hospital becomes our patient. So we're working very hard every day to keep everyone safe. Right. You're the protector against infection. (laughs) At Marin Health, and we appreciate that. So, Laura, COVID-19 has become a primary focus. Can you tell us a little bit about what you and your colleagues have been tasked with in terms of managing Marin Health's response to COVID-19? So, we've been right at the center of it this whole time. There are three of us on our team here, and there's at least one of us on each of the COVID-related task forces throughout the hospital. So, for example, I run the PPE subcommittee, and PPE is personal protective equipment and supplies. So this committee makes decisions on best usage of supplies and making sure we have enough supplies to keep everyone safe. There are other committees that my colleagues are on, ranging from screening and access, which makes decisions about how to screen visitors, employees, and patients to the testing work group, which makes decisions about which COVID tests we're going to be using. So we're really involved in all of it. I really enjoy it. And we've been working very hard probably since January, I think, on this. One of the challenges I would say about it is just navigating these constantly changing landscapes where every time CDC comes out with a new recommendation, we also have to update our guidance. So it's tough, but we've been busy, but we enjoy it. Yeah, it's kind of a moving target at all times. So let's talk about face masks. Are they effective? Yes, they are definitely effective. Even the cloth masks are effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19. Hospital-grade masks, they provide some more protection, but cloth masks are sufficient for your everyday encounters while you're walking around in public. There have actually been some pretty interesting studies that compared different cities around the world, cities that used masks with ones that didn't, and the cities that did use the masking protocols proved more effective at curbing the spread of SARS-CoV-2. So for someone who still might question the validity of wearing a mask, can you tell us why is it important that we all wear masks? Yeah, exactly. Masks are really important because they are so effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19. 
So when you're out in public or when you're at someone's house or you're outdoors, anywhere you are, the mask will keep the droplets from your nose and mouth inside and to you only because this disease is mainly spread through droplets, as we know. So that means close contact within six feet of someone else. If you have respiratory droplets coming out of your mouth and nose when you're talking and breathing, they can transfer to other people who are closer than six feet. So keeping that mask on keeps those droplets to yourself. So it is very important that we all wear masks. And as you said, it is effective. So then when can we take off the masks? The times when it's okay to take off your mask are when you're engaged in strenuous outdoor work or recreation, when giving birth, when outdoors with those who you live with, as long as you are able to maintain that six-foot distance from others not in your household, when you're driving your car alone, or you know when eating or drinking, or in your house with those that you live with, provided everybody is COVID-free. And then another thing that bears discussion, how about wearing gloves in public? What about that? Oh, yeah. So this is probably my biggest pet peeve when people wear gloves in public. The CDC doesn't recommend routine glove use. So wearing gloves in public actually spreads more germs around on more surfaces. More germs. Wow. Because what happens is people, they remove their gloves incorrectly a lot of times, or they think to themselves, well, I'm wearing gloves. I don't need to wash my hands. So they're spreading around the germs with their gloved hands. And studies have shown that people who wear gloves often have that false sense of security and they wash their hands less. Which is not good because we need people to wash their hands. So you mentioned people remove their gloves incorrectly. How should we remove gloves? The correct way to do it really is you got to slide your two fingers underneath the glove when you're taking it off and roll it up into a ball. But a lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. Okay, see, that's why we have these podcasts. We're always learning. <laughs> yeah, you take off one glove with one gloved hand. And then the second hand, to get that second one off, you got to slide your fingers underneath the glove okay. so that you're not touching any part of the contaminated outside. Okay, well, now we know. So thank you for that. <laughs> so you mentioned washing your hands. So that is still important then, right? Oh, yeah. Hand washing is the cornerstone of infection prevention. You want to clean your hands with either soap and water or an alcohol-based hand gel. Both are effective. If you're washing with soap and water, make sure you're scrubbing for at least 20 seconds. So I just hum happy birthday twice in my head <laughs> while I'm doing it. And then if you're doing the alcohol-based hand gel, then you rub it between your hands until it's dry. There's no real time limit. You just want to make sure until it's dry and making sure you're covering all the surfaces of your hands. Right. So as we work to protect ourselves against the spread of the virus, what about protecting ourselves from the spread of misinformation that is out there, as you often will hear people say, well, I heard it on the internet or I read this somewhere. Can you give us some tips on how to deal with misinformation surrounding the pandemic? Yeah, exactly. 
I always say that spreading misinformation is almost as bad as spreading germs. <laughs> That's what we like to say. I have some tips on this because it is hard. It is hard to tell when a source is legitimate or not with all the information that's flying around. Some of my tips is to ask yourself these questions. First of all, you ask, does this information come from the CDC or the World Health Organization or another similar guiding organization? So those bodies that create these guidances. Next is to find out, is it a study? So studies are the best source for evidence-based research, as we know. Randomized controlled trial is considered the gold standard. So those are considered the best type of studies. And then next, if it's not a study, but it's an article, check out the author's credentials. I like to look at who this person is. Are they an expert in this field? For example, not all doctors specialize in infectious disease. And not all public health professionals are doctors. Sometimes people see, oh, this is a doctor, but what type of doctor is this person or what type of professional are they? So I just like to check on that. Also make sure that there's no bias. That's the last tip. Because you could maybe see an article on a new drug, for example, written by a drug company. And obviously they might have some bias there. So you want to ask yourself, is there any bias here? So those are some of my tips for checking out your sources. Yeah, those are really helpful. So thank you, Laura. And then what about testing? This seems to be a moving target as well. When should you get tested? You should only get tested if you need to. We recommend people get tested if they have symptoms. But the only time you might want to get tested without symptoms is if you had an exposure to a confirmed COVID positive person. And that exposure is going to be defined as being closer than six feet to them for longer than a cumulative 15 minutes of time within 24 hours while one or both of you were not wearing a mask. So that may be another time that you want to get tested. But make sure you consult your doctor because it's important to not run out and get tested immediately after an exposure. The ideal time is about five to eight days after an exposure because that's about how long it takes for enough detectable virus to build up in your body. Got it. And if you don't have symptoms in that five to eight days, you should still get tested at that point? Yes. If you had that exposure, then you still would want to get tested at that time. You don't want to get tested too soon after the exposure. That's the key because you may get a negative test and then you may get a false sense of security. So if you go too soon, you can get a negative test because the virus hasn't built up enough in your body yet for it to become positive during the test. Is that how it works? Exactly. Yeah. So for example, if I was exposed today and I knew I was exposed, so I ran out tomorrow and got a test. Well, not enough virus has built up in my body yet to be detected by the test. So it might say I'm negative, even though I really might be positive. Okay. Well, that is something that we need to remember and know about. So thank you for that, Laura. And thank you for your time. This has really been useful and informative. Thank you again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. That's Laura Haggerty Moore. And to learn more, please visit mymarinhealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. 
Thanks for listening.